You're listening to The RN Mentor, a podcast designed to document and bring you the work and experience of some of the most influential nurses in our profession. We will be sitting down and having a discussion with the leaders of today's nursing world as they share their work, how they navigate their nursing path, and their views on the future of the profession. My name is Ali Tayeb. I am a registered nurse, United States Navy veteran, a Jonas Veterans Healthcare Scholar, and your host for The RN Mentor. And welcome to another episode of the RN Mentor Podcast. I am super excited today to be joined uh, by Dr. Bonnie Clipper. Uh, Dr. Clipper is a nurse futurist, expert in virtual nursing, nationally recognized, thought leader in building cultures of innovation and global speaker. She brings her decades of executive leadership, operations, and knowledge of technology together to transform the national healthcare ecosystem. She was the first VP of innovation at the ANA, where she built the innovation framework to bring over 4 million nurses into the innovation space. As CEO and founder of Innovation Advantage, Dr. Clipper, is leading change and was among the first to revolutionize how virtual nursing care is practiced and delivered in hospitals. As a Robert Wood Johnson Foundation Executive Nurse Fellow, she has reached and published extensively on innovation in nursing, including the Innovation Handbook and Nurse Leader's Guide to Transforming Nursing, the Nurse's Guide to Innovation, and the Innovation Roadmap, a guide for nurse leaders. She regularly shares her insight on technologies impacting nursing, such as artificial intelligence, virtual reality, ambient computer, vision, and robotics through webinars, speaking, and publications. Dr. Clipper is a strategic advisor for several health tech companies where she shares the voice of the nurse in the design, development, and workflows. Dr. Clipper is transforming the way hospital-based nursing care will be delivered, and her approach has raised the bar across the country. Welcome to the show, Dr. Clipper. Wow, Ali, thank you. Time to take a breath after that. I know, right? This is one of the shorter bios I've received from people, so I appreciate it. Thank you. (laughs) That's my pleasure. Fun to be here. Well, we'll get straight to it. How did you uh, get started in the world of nursing? Oh, jeepers, you're taking me way back. I was six and I knew I wanted to um, be a nurse. I um, have a product of the 70s. So I remember that the nurse in my pediatrician's office was always so well put together with everything from the white shoes and the white stockings and the always in a a skirt or a dress and, and had a cap. I was super, super impressed by how well put together she was, how well spoken she was. And it seemed to me, even as a kid, she was able to provide some, shall I say, direction to the physician. And at the time, I remember that made an impression on me because it wasn't that um, he wasn't sort of uh, pushing her around or bossing her around. It felt the opposite. It felt like she would say, doctor, what about this? What about that? And I just found that to be fascinating. So that started my interest in something that's turned out to be an amazing career choice for me. 
Wow, that's amazing. Um, you're actually, you know, most most people I speak to on the show are like, well, nursing wasn't really my first thing. So it's, you know, I'm always, I think I'm more surprised when people tell me when I was six years old or when I was eight years old. Uh, so it's always, it's always uh, interesting to hear how impressionable individuals are at such a young age and how it develops into a career. So I'll I'll move into how did you decide, like, where was the deciding point in your academic career that you said, I'm definitely going into, I'm choosing nursing as a profession and I'm going to be applying. And what was that experience for you? Okay. Well, I would be lying if I didn't tell you, um, I had thought it probably wouldn't be a career choice for me because I didn't like the prereqs. Oh. <laughs> I didn't like all of the chemistries and the biologies and the, and the statistics. I just was thinking kind of, when do I get to do the fun stuff? So um, that part of it, I completely understand why that's important, but I found it to be um, challenging and I didn't, it wasn't what I thought I signed up for. I really wanted to understand, like, get me in a hospital, get me in front of patients. Of course, they're building blocks of, of what we do. So when I was a freshman, um, I went to Winona State University in Minnesota. When I was a freshman and a sophomore, I was kind of thinking, I'm not sure this is really what I want to do. Then, of course, as you get into the nursing program, everything completely changes. Yeah. Uh, it's interesting you bring that up because there's so much variation in prerequisites. Like some of the basics are the same, but I know there's universities that I've looked at that are actually almost like turnoffs for me when I look at the prerequisites because they're so over the top. I'm like, when am I ever going to use any of this? So I wonder, as you as you mentioned this, how many other individuals are looking at those prerequisites who would be incredible nurses, but just are not are not up to are not going to just do the prerequisite that sometimes some of the nursing you know some of the universities ask for um so it's interesting it's interesting maybe somebody needs to do a study on that or something but uh, that would be interesting um so you got into the world of nursing you're you're you you became a full-fledged nurse at some point um how was your first experience of actually being on a unit as a registered nurse you know, I, my first job was at Mayo and I had an amazing experience. Um, I loved working there and I learned a whole lot. And for me, it was incredible to finally be in front of the patients and having the conversations that I felt like I was preparing for over the last couple of years. So I really enjoyed that. It was also pivotal for me. I had worked at the bedside for, I think, about six years and I really wanted to help create change. And I realized that it's difficult to do that from the position of a bedside nurse. That's where I really had to start to level up my career. So that's what began the deeper conversations about how do I get into something called leadership and what does that look like so I really can create change and make an impact. That's a very interesting point because we have nursing happens to be one of those professions that we don't typically take the normal route route of um, like going from a bachelor's degree to a master's degree to a PhD or DMP. We're not one of those straightforward professions that by the time you're 25, you have your doctoral degree and ready to go. Um, so 
what was um what was your experience uh of applying to uh like a higher level degree or looking at positions that required leadership and a lot of time with those leadership positions comes a higher degree requirement yeah that's a really good uh, question i don't feel like i had very good role models as a staff level nurse to help mm. advise me on what i should think about and what i should do so there was the msn option and that was it and at that time, I knew I had put a fair amount of thought into the fact that I really wasn't, my interest didn't lie in being a clinical nurse specialist or getting into education or academia or things of that nature. I wanted to be a leader. And I was advised to do something completely different. So I pursued a master of arts in health and human services administration it was a good degree. I learned a lot. But in hindsight, that's probably one of the degrees I wouldn't have attained. I mm. probably would have gone directly into an MBA program, to be real honest with you. Nowadays, I think that there are more choices that people can pursue. Um, and in, in fact, when um, young nurses reach out to me, I really encourage them to look at healthcare innovation programs. There are several master's degrees around the country that focus on that. Um, there are also some really cool programs that focus on uh, care transformation and value-based purchasing. I think we need more folks with that skill set. So that's today what I have looked at. I would have looked at. Yeah, um, you bring bring up an interesting point of getting a degree in a different field than nursing, which in in a lot of in a lot of situations when we talk to nurses, that's almost like we don't see a lot of it because. People and individuals automatically think of, oh, if I'm going to go get my master's degree, it has to be as a nurse practitioner, or it has to be nursing education, or it has to be a CNS. Um, so um, luckily in my circle of individuals that I know, there's actually a number of people who have their MBAs. Uh, one of my classmates from my master's degree actually a few years ago reached out to me. And I that's one of the things I mentioned to him. I'm like, have you thought about an MBA? Because he, because I know especially on the ambulatory side of the house, uh, uh, MBAs are golden, uh, especially with nurses with MBAs are, are sort of a, a unicorn there. Uh, so it's quite interesting of how we haven't really seen an emergence of an MBA uh, nursing. There's a few of them out there, but not a whole lot of MBA nursing programs. Like well, it's actually degrees. a throwback. In the 80s, there were a bunch of them. They were MSN MBA programs, and they didn't get many takers, so they yeah. went away. I'll tell you that for me, the MBA has probably been my um, one of my most valuable degrees, right? Because it gets you at the table. Mm. Whether or not it makes you any smarter, that's debatable, right? But I think it gets you at the table because now all of a sudden people think that you have enough business sense to participate in financial conversations. Yeah. So I have found that to be incredibly valuable. And, and again, and when people reach out to me, I encourage them, don't get all your education in nursing right? Nurses have to stop talking to nurses. We have to take our stories and make our impact outside of nursing. We also have to be willing to learn across other disciplines. So I think there's tremendous opportunity in that. And nowadays, let's be super honest, nowadays, all of the opportunities are around technology. So we need to get nurses, go get a BSN, 
that we need to have nurses that are actually coders, developers, engineers, all of those kinds of resources. And then if you want to continue, go get a DNP, go get a PhD. But we have to have nurses that have a different skill set to take nursing into the future. Yeah, I, I completely agree with that. Um, you bring up another, you know, I have, I have all these aha moments as you're talking. I feel like so we're sort of behind the innovation space. Uh, like what is keeping nursing from really delving into these areas? Because some of the conversations I've had with colleagues that are in the innovation space uh, and you hear, sometimes you hear nurses say, well, why is nursing working with engineering or why is nursing working with you know, these other disciplines that isn't like necessarily directly what we consider in the healthcare field, I'm doing air quotes, uh, in the healthcare field. Um, why is nursing, the, why do you think nursing is hesitant in uh, getting into, into these uh, partnerships? Ooh, okay. Now you're going to get me in trouble here. Um, <laughs> because I think that we are a profession steeped in legacy and in tradition. And I think it's difficult for us to do things differently. If we don't think differently, and if we don't do things differently, we will not be a profession for much longer. So imagine how our world would look if there were nurse designers, developers, coders, engineers. Imagine then what the EHR would look like if mm. there were nurses on the team that were building it. It wouldn't be this clunky, awkward, difficult to use thing that we have to incorporate 36% of our time into. I think it would completely change the game for us, right? So we should want to have nurses that are architects, engineers, designers, researchers, literally at every level of what we do. So yeah. it works for us. It helps us. It provides a better opportunity for the work that that nurses who are very uniquely trained with a holistic thought process, we're incredible problem solvers. If there were more of us as undergrads that sought out different kinds of graduate degrees, we would have we would make a complete world of difference. Yeah. in terms of our influence and what the work we would be doing. So um, uh, again, um, you're making a lot of light bulbs go off in my head. Um, so do you think, like I'm just throwing this out there, would would nursing benefit for, from investing more into those in, the, in recruiting individuals that are already in other fields? Because I always tell like my master's entry level or my accelerated bachelor's degree level students, I'm like, nursing is that much more rich for having you come in, but please don't leave those skill sets behind. Bring it with you because we are that, that much better for having you in the profession. So do you think, I mean, there are a lot of like accelerated, but do you think we should spend more energy in in those programs, because it seems like absolutely 10,000%. And think about all of the jobs that we have vacant in nursing right now, right? right? We have informatics, we have bedside nurse jobs, uh, we have virtual nursing jobs, we have leadership jobs, we have all kinds of jobs that are vacant right now. And we continue to see a lot of churn, our 
turnover rate is getting higher, our vacancies are getting higher, and there are people that have underlying skill sets that would be very beneficial in those roles. Imagine if we took some of these tech people that continue to be laid off around the country and upskilled them into nursing jobs. There's wow. our new generation of informaticists, right? They already understand coding and technology and things that they won't have to now learn. If we could teach them how to think and act and process information and problem solve like a nurse, there we go. Yeah, because I think it just makes sense because I think it'd be, I, for, for me, like if I was a nurse, it would be a harder kind of, it would be a harder uh, like sort of transition into something else as opposed to if I was already something else and transitioning into nursing. I don't know why in my head, it just makes sense for, for like the profession to actively recruit from these other industries and professions that already have skill sets built that we need and we want in the profession of nursing. So, um, so if there's any academics out there uh, listening to this podcast, this was, here's your next pitch uh, or recruiting area. That would be fantastic, I think. Because um, I think I think we do we do need to kind of stir the pot a little bit and, and diversify the working work, work the workforce, not only from a from a from a DEI perspective, but but also from a perspective of skill sets. Um, I think we will we benefit greatly from that. Um, so uh, I want to go into a little bit into this innovation space that you have uh, clearly been a pioneer in. Um, uh, so uh, how did you decide you're going to dabble into this innovation space and actually uh, write about it and actually really dedicate your professional life to um, that's a really awesome question. So in 2014, I had the amazing good fortune to become a Robert Wood Johnson Executive Nurse Fellow. And as part of that work, it's a three-year program, and you have to pick an area that you are going to immerse yourself in and be willing to contribute for the rest of your career. At the time, in 2014, this innovation word was starting to be used more and more, but rarely in nursing. So there were five of us in my Robert Wood Johnson cohort, and we essentially decided that we were going to focus on innovation. And what we did is we actually wrote a white paper. It's the Innovation Roadmap, a guide for nurse leaders. It's available. If you Google it, it's free. You'll find it. It's in English and in Spanish. And we had we we stood up a website. And we had so many downloads that we actually crashed our website. So we lost track at around 217,000 downloads over the course of almost a year. So our website kind of went to the wayside. And now it's located on the ANA uh, Innovation Resources site. Since there weren't many nurses in that space, that for me was a real opportunity to not only understand and share what it was, it also helped me dig into how can we get more nurses involved? And in fact, why aren't we leading innovation in healthcare? Mm -hmm. Whether it's in hospitals or health systems or outpatients or in our communities, nurses need to be leading this work. So for me, I was able to connect um, with innovators around the country, particularly in my role at the American Nurses Association as the VP of Innovation, was able to create the relationships around the ANA and HIMS nurse pitch event, around the podcast, uh, also around the ANA Innovation Award. 
and building um, large hackathons. At the time we did the largest one in nursing, it was 800 nurses that attended one of our conferences. Oh, wow. And that's the way that you get nurses excited about innovation. Then you can take them to the next level. Then you can help them understand how they can go back to their own organizations and improve or change or transform care that isn't working right. So that was an amazing opportunity. And to date, it's something that's just in incredibly awesome to me. So I remain very, very passionate about the topic. Um, now I actually do consulting with organizations that are looking for virtual nursing uh, care models, and I help them develop kind of the strategy, structure, oversight of those models so they can be successful in that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take a step back uh, and um, ask you a question on innovation. What does innovation mean to you? Uh, <laughs> it's a loaded question, I know. You know, innovation... One of the interesting things about innovation is that we cannot agree on the definition of innovation. So there are several of them out there. For me, I um, simplified, and, and um, Dr. Um, Bern Melnick actually said this years ago, but innovation is either creating something new or using something that exists in a different context. Mm. And I think a lot of that is very, very true today. We don't have to do this just earth shattering transformation to be innovative. We also can take something that worked at a different point in time, or maybe in a different industry and apply it to our challenges today. It's not only technologies and products, it can be services, it can be care models. There are nurses around the country that are innovating new jobs, new functions, new ways to deliver care. So I think it's a very broad, broad definition. Yeah, uh, I, I agree. Because depending on your sort of perspective, innovation may look very different. Um, and this is something I've asked a, a few of my guests so far uh, since we've been talking about innovation. Um, where is nursing right now in the innovation space? Do we... I know we were talking about it now and there's there's some roles that have developed as a result of it, but does nursing really understand uh, the innovation space? Because I know like, for example, you know, uh, uh, myself, I have an innovation component to my title, but I see, I find myself running into a lot of barriers because innovation at sort of, it almost becomes like the, where are the resources? Does nursing understand the resources necessary uh, to invest in innovation? Or are we just too new at this and don't really haven't really bought into it? Um, okay, so I'm gonna come at this a couple different ways. I think that we have never been more innovative than we are today. And I say that because we are seeing more um, nurse influencers, nurse entrepreneurs, startups that are led by nurses more than ever before. So I right. think we're incredibly innovative as people, as individuals. I think as a profession, we are not very innovative. We seem to recycle a lot of old ideas and we have fear and trepidation about doing things that are so completely different. Um, I run into that even working with organizations on virtual nursing. Um, 
when you begin to rethink the care team, you know, a lot of times they'll say, oh, should we bring LVNs back? There is a whole lot more that we can do with the care team than debate whether or not we want to bring LVNs back, right? We have to push ourselves to not accept what we've accepted in the past and really think incredibly different. We also have to be willing to lose or give away some of our control. We as nurses tend to hang on to things because we like to control the outcome, sometimes for very good reasons. Sometimes that's just how we're wired. We're going to have to let go of some of those things. A nurse does not have to do everything along a patient's journey. Sometimes it's going to be a different job in a different role in a different human. Sometimes it's going to be a technology but we have to give those things away. We have to measure them, we have to monitor them, and we're gonna build trust in them, but we cannot do things different if we hang on to everything that we've hung on to in the past. We already know that there are not enough of us, nor will there ever be enough of us again. So that really puts us in the position of doing things completely different. And that's why transformation, why change management is so important. We're a little bit like that rubber band. You can stretch us, but then we're going to go back to the shape we were. We're not going to have that opportunity or our profession may not make it. Mm. There aren't enough of us to kind of jump up and down and and demand providing care the way we've done it in the past. They're not going to come out of the woodwork. They're not going to come back into the workforce. So how do we, the nurses, then lead the care transformation and and build different care models. That's what we have to figure out. Yeah. How much do you think, because a lot of times, unfortunately, I feel like nursing isn't necessarily at the right tables when these decisions are being made. Um, How much do you think nursing is impacted as a result of not having necessarily a voice at the table? Well, I think we tend to be impacted more than the other professions simply because there are more of us, right? So when you think about a healthcare system and you look at nurses, we know as a profession, there are four times as many nurses as physicians, eight times as many nurses as pharmacists. We are the largest chunk of the labor budget, typically, just because of our sheer number, yet we aren't always used in the right ways. So I think we have to find ways to get ourselves at the table. Some of that is on our leaders. And I don't just mean managers, directors, and CNOs. I think we really, really have to get mm, do a better business case maybe mm. with CEOs about the importance of nurses in those conversations. And the corollary is we also have to prepare ourselves to have better conversations, right? So data talks and money is the love language of healthcare, whether we like that or not, we have to figure out how to have conversations around the business, the impact, the outcomes of healthcare in a cogent, credible way that gets us to the table and keeps us at the table. Yeah. Um, I'm going to tap into your MBA brain for a second. Um, the fact that nursing isn't able to necessarily show uh, like the physicians do, like, you know, we don't, we code for everything they do. uh, And they see organizations see or institutions see physicians as money generators where nursing is kind of 
seen in the in the red or as a negative. Um, how much do you think that impacts uh, our profession in um, in what we bring to the table or from the perspective of having a seat at the table where we are the lead in making some of these changes? It's absolutely a big part of it. And I know there's a bunch of work being done right now to really try to look at how do we change that. It's incredibly complex. We're talking about Medicare, Medicaid, CMS, everyone understanding kind of how bills are passed through. We also have the issue of we don't all as nurses have a way to identify us today through a number, right? There's something called an NPI. So a national provider um, number, basically. We all have the ability to get one as a nurse once we graduate and pass our NCLEX, yet we've never been told we should. Mm. If we each had a way to identify us, we also then would have the way to start to extract or harvest out of um, our EHRs who's doing what things. And we could begin to identify patterns and trends. And this is where AI is going to be incredibly helpful. So we no longer need people to run Epic or Meditech or Cerner reports, but rather there's AI work that does this. And we can start to build reports around what are all these NPI numbers doing? What does this work look like? How long does this work take? So that we can eventually begin assigning costs to it. It's almost like RVUs for nurses. So we could sign costs to it. Now, the other part of that is, you know, yes, there is kind of the reimbursement and payment side um, in terms of collecting what do nurses do? But then how does that come back? How does that get reimbursed back into a hospital or a health system? And what do they do with those dollars? Yeah. Because once we build that system, we will have the ability to see exactly what is contributed to a bucket of NPI numbers. So technically, that's based on nursing work. So that should come back to nursing departments. We really don't know, is that going to be more or less the nursing budgets today in our cost centers? I don't have any idea. Yeah. So we're going to have to smart with teeny tiny little pilots across the country to figure this work out, but it has to change. It can't yeah. continue to be built into room and board charges. Yeah, I agree. You mentioned AI. I want to go back in a little bit. Uh, you know, now I'm going to switch into your tech brain for a second. AI has really kind of, uh, we, AI has been around for a while, but over the last probably year, it's really due with the, with the emergence of things like ChatGBT and, and Google has their version and all these other stuff. And I know from an academic perspective, everybody started like freaking out where I was like, no, this is a good thing. Um, because there's so many ways to use, to appropriately use things like AI, you know, especially when it's out there for free. What is your stance on uh, on the use of AI in the nursing workforce? Because I know some people are like, oh, they're going to take over, you know, certain function, nursing functions and things like that. So what is your uh, take on AI in the world of nursing? So nurses... I think from a AI takes over the world perspective, um, <laughs> we don't need to worry about AI taking away our jobs for quite some time. So I think that we're good there. Where we do have to drive the change and lead the change, in my opinion, is going to be around how can AI help us 
with improving our work optimization. Mm. So there are things today we don't need to do, right? There are um, applications and tools that exist on the market that are being used. Uh, for example, I'll give you a couple here. One of them is there is a um, puck size, um, half dollar size device that you can apply to a patient's left shoulder that will actually gather continuous vital signs. So it's heart rate, skin temp, and respirations, and they're beta testing it for blood pressure, right? If we can use something like that, that literally eliminates the need to take vital signs because it's it's consistent and it would just continue to, to flow and feed us data. What we do have to understand is what do we do with all that data? How do we analyze all that data? How do we store all that data? If I'm taking vitals Q4 or Q8 hours, do I just take a snippet, a snapshot? I think we don't know what that looks like, but that exists today. We also know that we have ambient computer vision that when you deploy sensors in patient rooms, it can, it can observe patients and provide us with a, a stickman kind of um, picture of are patients looking as though they're going to get out of bed, which, you know, will that lead to a fall? Are patients positioning or repositioning themselves enough to avoid a, a pressure ulcer? So this stuff all exists today, and I think it absolutely has the ability to help us. Where I see some tremendous opportunities that are probably the lowest controversy work is going to be around documentation, right? We, we really have to adopt um, voice-to-text documentation where we can literally speak, whether it's in an earpiece um, to document our notes or whether it's using the ambient computer sound in a sensor in a room to document a note or turning patient from right to left hip or em emptying, you know, a thousand mils of urine, whatever it is, it will help us. So we have to find ways to get rid of those tasks and activities we also have the ability to use um, AI-powered chatbots, and now there's something called digital humans that we can create these very humanistic-looking avatars with chatbots. How will that help us to screen patients that might want to come in for um, some kind of a visit or an appointment, or even screen patients in um, an urgent care or an ED department in advance? So I think we're going to have to find ways as nurses to lead the adoption of AI. So we do it in such a way that it not only helps our practice, but improves patient safety and outcomes. And there's a real opportunity here also to reduce the cost because we're more efficient at how we do that. Yeah. Yeah. All great points. Thank you for that. Um, so just along with that, nursing education is so entrenched in NCLEX-based testings and this, these, these concepts that really don't give a lot of leeway to bringing other content into curriculum. Where do you, what, where do you think nursing education may have to go in order to introduce more innovations or concepts of innovation um, into nursing education? Because I know there's a couple of Universe, few universities out there that have like sort of elective courses around innovation, but as a, I think as a profession, we really haven't adopted it as an integration into our curriculum. What do you think nursing education? Okay, that's can... a tough one. 
Well, I, I'm going to work backwards. So I think the NCLEX is what we have today, but I think it's going to need to be replaced with something in um, the Bonnie brain. What this looks like is we use virtual reality and it's scenario-based care that would uh, allow us to test a nurse's muscle memory, critical thinking, problem solving in scenarios where they have to select the right answer by providing the right care, grabbing the right med, providing the right intervention, doing the right documentation. So I think that's what the measurement and what the licensure process looks like. When you back into how did you get there, I think teaching is going to have to change and be a lot more immersive, mm. not necessarily simulation, but I, I think we're going to see an explosion of virtual reality in nursing schools because it is, it allows you to fail over and over without ever harming anyone. Right. So we can run scenarios that will allow students to pull together all their didactic content and essentially provide an assessment and do an intervention without ever touching a patient. Now, that doesn't mean they shouldn't touch real people. It just means why aren't we running hundreds and hundreds of hours of that kind of work before we put them in front of patients, right? Yeah. Look at what pilots have to do. They have to do hundreds and hundreds, thousands of hours of simulation before they get behind, you know, a steering wheel of a plane. Right. So I think we're going to have to figure out how do we incorporate more technology so that we can actually um, push it at people in a different way, not the good old didactic, sit in a chair, listen to us or pay attention in a Zoom lecture, not just sending them to a sim lab. But I think it's really going to have to be both of those things at once over and over to change the learning style. Younger learners are also very tech savvy, very tech yeah. literate, very different. Um, I have two that live in my house and their attention span is about as long as a gnat's, right? So we have to keep <laughs> them engaged in how we teach them and they're next gen nurses. So they're going to have to understand how to apply all of these concepts, medications, physiology, anatomy, all of this stuff and make good decisions when they actually go forth and provide care to a patient. So I think it's going to look entirely different. Yeah. Uh, what would a competency of the next generation of faculty, what would that need to look like? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's your that's, that's your next be, that's your next book. <laughs> yeah, no, it has to be very tech heavy, and you know, I, I think that I say this with the most um, utmost respect of my many colleagues that um, are academicians and do incredible work. There is even less willingness to change in academia in nursing than there is in hospitals. Mm. So we, we have to break that cycle or we're yeah. done. We just have to change the cycle. Um, and of course, as, as you know, Ali, there's a lot of things that go with that. Um, faculty aren't paid well. I think we're going to have to change that. I think we're going to have to look at partnerships and collaborations. So why aren't we working with, you know, Apple, Amazon, Google, whomever, in schools of nursing that are actually our partners around technology solutions so we can develop better students as a result. And yes, everybody's kind of got the big evil empire, whoever it is that week, but we're gonna have to figure out how to collaborate with technology companies yeah. um, to develop the nurses of the future. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. And, and academia, uh, just because your nursing is, I, I feel like nursing is uh, a so much different than some of the other 
um, uh, professions that are that are in the university setting, uh, but we're trying to make nursing fit into the university setting, and uh, it doesn't work. Uh, it doesn't work, and we're not attracting all the talent that we could because of that very component of pay that you mentioned. Uh, I know so many so many individuals that are that would be incredible faculty, but because of the structure of the university, the pay system, the expectations, they're just not interested um right. to 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 be there so um so i i completely agree um i want to be cognizant of our time i want to make sure i give you time to talk about um uh this uh the the innovation advantage uh that you have built and moving forward um and anything else you want to share uh with the audience Oh, I totally appreciate that. We have a ton of uh, resources that are available for free on the Innovation Advantage um, website. So I encourage people to go find what makes sense to you. We develop different models and, and we also amplify different models that are out there that we think are going to be helpful to organizations. So feel free to use those resources. We also, um, based on the input from couple of dozen people um, on LinkedIn and we did a survey and had a hundred responses of people validating the fact that they wanted a virtual nursing program and community. So we are starting that. Uh, it will go live in January and we're going to start sign up real soon. So we derived a lot of our content um, directly from um, nurse leaders that are interested in what they want to learn about how to launch virtual nursing models or measure virtual nursing models. So we try to be very responsive using a human-centered design approach to what we build to make sure it comes from the people that need it. So that's kind of fun work that, that we're doing. And we're a team of nurses, so we really try to continue to be very nurse-focused and advance the mission, the vision, the values of the organizations we work with to help them make the impact that they want to make. That's incredible. Thank you. Thank you for that. Um, anything else you want to share before we. I'm super grateful for your time, Ali. So thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Well, uh, I appreciate your time. I know you're a busy individual and uh, I've had the pleasure of, of listening to you before at one of your, uh, one of your, at one of the conferences, uh, I think it was the, Association of California Nurse Leaders last year, uh, awesome. when when I heard, uh, when I heard you, so well actually this year, uh, I think it was January something like that, January February ish. Uh, so so I definitely wanted to make sure I have you on the show, and so more people can benefit from uh, your wisdom and 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 uh, and your uh, knowledge. So greatly appreciate it, uh, and thank you so much. We've been listening to. Dr. Bonnie Clipper. She is, is a nurse futurist, expert in virtual nursing, nationally recognized thought leader. And she is the CEO and founder of Innovation Advantage. So thank you for joining us. And I look forward to bringing more incredible guests in the future. You've been listening to the RN Mentor with your host, Ali Taya. Please don't forget to visit www.aliartayeb.com. That's www.aliartayeb.com for podcast notes and resources. And don't forget to subscribe. Until next time, I wish you fair winds and following seas.